Hello, you're listening to the Ghostlight Podcast, Season 2, Episode 5, Steeped in Blood. Macbeth is crazy, Lady Macbeth is sexy, Duncan is silly, Prince Malcolm's a dolly, Banquo's got an apple, Macbeth finds Duncan dead. Three witches dangle. And welcome back again to the Ghostlight Podcast. I am your expert host for the uh, recapping of the television series Slings and Arrows, just in case you're tuning in randomly. Uh, my name's Paul Mackey, and I'm here with my lovely wife, Darcy. Hello! And also, uh, connected through the magic of virtual connections, we have, in Chicago, Mr. Ben Pfeiffer. Howdy. And in Omaha, Ms. Amy Bowen. Hello, everybody. And today we are discussing the episode Steeped in Blood, which is the episode five from season two. It turns out that the quote is a misquote. I looked all Mm. over the place to try to find anybody who translated it as steeped in blood, and apparently it's actually a very common misquote of a line where it is stepped in blood. I have step. I, I am. I am stepped in blood and cannot wade any longer, or something along those lines. I did not actually write it down, but basically, are you sure it's not, not steeped in blood? It and is, can't wait any longer, and it's a bad folio translation. Yes, the folio translations are notoriously uh, iffy in some ways. That's why. That's where I'm at. What's first, a folio translation? Well, translation? the fir- the basically all all of the. Uh, all of the published works of Shakespeare that you will find now are translations from what they call the first folio, which is a, a uh, the initial print edition of all of the plays. Right, and it's uh, and the it's, initial print in Old English. Or? Yes, in yes. Old okay. English, including all of the 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 intricacies of that, where you where some of your S's are actually F's. Right, right. And things are spelled, but sometimes there are S's. <laughs> Yeah, and things it, are spelled odd, and and it's crazy. If you're translating from first folio, it's a serious challenge, even though it is English and English. Right. And if you have a good edition of the works of Shakespeare, it'll have a lot of good footnotes explaining some of those discrepancies and some of the alternate ways that things can be transliterated. My it, copies are from the Yale Shakespeare series of editions. Mm. Each yep. one, each plays an individual volume. And they, I got them because they have lots of good footnotes explaining that kind of thing. Yeah. I just kind of want to take note of the word transliterated. That was an awesome vocab word. That was. I, I actually <laughs> almost wrote it down because I, I think I need that one. Hmm. All right. Well, uh, as is our new tradition in season two, we do a 60-second plot summary. And instead of having a randomizer wheel like the Intro to X people do... We schedule it ahead of time so people can be mentally prepared. Darcy, are you mentally prepared to do the 60-second plot summary for this episode? Definitely mental. Well, all right. <laughs> while, you, while you think that over in your head, I will give the scorecard, which I finally wrote down. It only yeah. took five episodes of the season. Uh, in episode one, Alex Green gave it his best and got a score of uh, a minute 33. Ben, while... Uh, Missing a fairly major plot element, got 59 <laughs> seconds. I'm pretty sure that when they do it on Ramjack, they leap oh. over large plot developments. Yes, I believe they, they may. Um, Amy, the next week, got it in a minute 44, and I currently have the uh, 
the losing record of a minute and fifty. Oh, I can I can beat your record. Although, of losing. although when I although when I when I went back and checked to actually time it out, I I got a minute forty three on that, but that could have been some truncate silence in there too. So, yeah, is, did uh, you edit it a little? Yeah, I, uh, I didn't did. edit it, but the you know the automated editing. If I had a little gap of silence in there, right, right. Uh, mm-hmm. So those are the scores you have to beat. Or be beaten by. No, Are you ready? I'm ready to be beaten. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. We'll let that go. Yeah. I am going to bring up a timer, and I'm not, it's not going to be the countdown. I'll just count up with a stopwatch. Okay. Uh, once I set it, set it for a stopwatch. Oh, I'm always so bad at timed things. Well, you have the option of either looking at the time or not. I'm at not. The time. I'm looking in the living room. It's looking better. in the living room. Okay, focus. Focus on your memory of the episode. I got it. Okay, you ready? I'm on it. Okay, we're gonna go three, two, one. Uh, dubious um, pseudonym. Because <laughs> you uh, you're always dubious about that pseudonym, Lionel Train. Okay. Okay. Sorry. Oh, concentrate. <laughs> concentrate. Don't want to throw you. Don't want to throw you. Just start it. Is, okay. is the clock running? No, oh, no, 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 I'm no. about ready to whack them, though. <laughs> All right. And in three, two, one, do be a pseudonym. Okay, um, Ellen is settling up with the Revenue Canada and has a nice chat with a nice lady. Uh, they called in the understudy and Jerry is sewn into his pants and goes on as Macbeth and does a very good job, I'd like to add. Um, uh, Patrick and Sarah woke up together, and Patrick seems okay with it, which was a little bizarre. And then um, Darren is, like, thwarting all of their efforts as far as uh, getting the play going, uh, and he just wants them to read lines on the stairhead. Lionel Train steals Anna's life, and she slaps him. Um, Richard finds out that Sanjay has a lot of aliases and while he's playing his clarinet. And then uh, uh, Brian, Brian, the the old guy, um, uh, talks to Henry and, and tries to convince him to go get his old job back and sets all that up. And then uh, after that, he tells... Uh, Tells Jeffrey he's right about how the show should should uh, go on and and end and run. Um, let's see. Then uh, Richard confesses to Cardinal Richelieu, the bottled water guy, and he agrees to bail the theater out, but um, will publicly fire Richard. And I really feel like I missed a whole bunch. That's all I. All right, one thirty-three. You tied with uh, Alex Green. All right. Or right in the middle. Or 132, as Ben said, so that you actually beat him by a second. There you oh, go. Oh, so sweet. <laughs> All right. Wait. I'm doing this next week again? Uh, I don't know. We were kind of at, at, at an odd. We Whoever wants to, to claim the, the sixth and final. Remember, sixth and final can be pretty uh, packed with stuff. Yeah, but I'll just skip over stuff. Of course. Of course. That's <laughs> how you get in, in as there. You do. I, did I skip anything? I don't oh. think he did. I was kind of like I think you really kind of got it all. I think you hit all the major elements. There might oh. maybe some detail of uh I can't remember did you mention that Sanjay was in jail? She did. Yeah. Okay. I think. All right. I or all the aliases. He had so. aliases. He had I'm aliases. not sure I said that he was in jail though. All right. <coughs> well, are we ready to get granular? 
Let's let's do it. All right. Mm-hmm. E- everybody in the house is sick. You're probably going to hear coughing children yeah, in the background. I'm and, really uh, sorry about that. Drafts. My, my voice, my voice may be mildly sexier than normal. Uh. <laughs> Paul Mackie's sexy. Thank you. Thank <laughs> you so much. There you go. All right. Lady Paul Mack is crazy. <laughs> <laughs> Iris is a dolly. Fox eats some apples. <laughs> Actually, Iris is big on apples. She does. Right? Okay. So, in the cold open... We've got uh, Ellen uh, apparently getting confused between Revenue Canada and therapy sessions. And, yeah, I have uh, a note here that says we open on Ellen's face, and I go, ugh. Oh. Yeah. Because it's been a while since I've watched an episode of Slings and Arrows, so I was like, ugh, yeah, we're starting with her. Anyways. Mm-hmm. And they, uh, they uh, reused the, uh, the uh, soundtrack cue from the first season where they were in the uh, funeral home preparing Oliver's body. Oh, really? Yes. Really? Interesting. Yeah. That's a nice oh. little motif. Or yeah. a callback or whatever. Huh. I don't know if it's this... Yeah, I don't know if it's a callback or if it's just a, uh, a use of music. No, I skipped Oliver. That's who I skipped. Well, he didn't have a lot of a role But in he this. was in there. I missed him entirely. Oh. Uh, he was in there, but only not as much as in other episodes. You're right. Uh, but basically, she's, uh, she's uh, talking to her um, auditor... As though she's in therapy, and when when uh, when the auditor says that they need to wrap it up and impose a settlement, she's like, "Well, you know, we were making no. I don't know if this is where she was making progress, but basically, she said, can we move to an hour and a half session?'" And then it went to the uh, theme song. Frankenstein. Yeah, Hill. I have a question here. In this theme song, they say um, that he'd rather play either of the Dromeos. Yeah. Does anybody know what the Dromeos are? Darcy knows what the Dromeos are. Yeah, they are. Okay, which one is it though? Oh crap! It is. You designed for it, right? I know. I know. Is it which play? They all blend again together. It's it's not much ado. It's not much ado. It's not all's well that ends well. It is. It's not Romeo and Juliet. No, it's the the. Mary Wives. No, it's it's Greek. It's um, oh oh. Because they have the Phrygian bonnets. The Phrygian bonnets. That narrows it down to Antony and Cleopatra and Julius Caesar. No. No, no it's no, neither no. of those. Oh, and uh, Troilus and Cressida? Uh, and Troilus, yeah, no, that one too. No, no, no. It's not, it's not one of those. It, it's, it's a comedy, it, but it, it has uh, Greek elements in it. It okay. is... Hang on. <sighs> I can't believe I can... Google search for Dromeos. That, that's it what I'm doing, Dromeos, and then there's like that a would be handy. cardinal. And... One of them is Comedy of Errors. That's, that's it. A, that's the one. That that's is the, the one. one. Thank you. Thank you so much. You're, you're very welcome. God, I couldn't believe I can't even remember that. Uh, one. Don't that one I did twice. I did that one twice. You did? Yeah. Well, uh, one one conceptual and one actual. Well, one production? I well one I worked on and then one I oh. designed. So how can I have forgotten? How could you have forgotten? It was like over twenty years ago. That's yes. Because oh. you're focusing on designing original oh. wedding gowns now. Yeah. That's coming up. That's coming up. You gotta have and that. Now, mm-hmm. yeah. Yes. And now that I've Googled it, now I see the reason the lyric is written that way is because uh, part of one of the errors in the comedy of errors is that there are two twin brothers who are both named Dromeo. Yep, and all this time, I've thought that he just two, named two different characters in two different plays that, but he no, did not. No, yeah, there's I, there's twins, and... Well, actually, there's two sets of twins. He likes to do that. Right. Yes. Yeah. There's two sets of twins, and there's Dromeos, and... Uh, yes. 
Yeah, thank you. I am now enlightened. And they have mm. their their stripes go opposite directions, <laughs> so you can tell the difference. Yes, mm-hmm. yes. At yes. Least well, that's in your design. Yeah. Yes. No, but not Anna and her lovers, because their stripes go in the same direction. But we'll get to that scene. Exactly. <laughs> Just right down the train line. All right. Uh, so after the cold open and the theme song, the uh, rehearsing actors from the uh, from the end of the previous episode, Sarah and Patrick, are awoken by a stage manager phone call. That's kind of an ongoing theme on this show, uh, the... Uh, the, the two actors in bed, the ingenues in bed that are uh, being woken up by the stage manager's phone call. Mm-hmm. Happened, in the, happened in the other. Well, I don't know if they were woken up, but it did happen where they were both in bed together while Maria talked to one of them. Yes, I Kate? remember that. Yeah. Yep, that's right. I remember that scene. Are their names Jack and Kate for real? Yes, you got yes. it. Did we make the it. Lost reference last time? Uh, you have. Okay. All right. Well, then I'll shut up. There's no Sawyer, right? There is no, no Sawyer, and I believe last time you were calling um, calling. You kept Kate calling Rose. Kate Rose. We kept making the tight. <laughs> oh, yeah, over. that's right. Yeah. Jack and Rose. <laughs> well, because what's her, oh, her name's not Rose McGowan. What is it? It's, uh, uh, Rachel McAdams. Rachel McAdams. I get is those two confused a lot. Name. Starts yeah. with an R. Uh-huh. Well, they both got super famous at like the exact same time. Or maybe they were both in like teen movies at the exact same time in the late 90s or something. I don't know. Yes. Anyways. So this scene, though, I want to say something about it, or about this whole series in general, and maybe this is just me being kind of stereotypical or whatever, but Mm -hmm. for a show that's all about the theater, like, homosexuals are sorely lacking. Like, there are no homosexuals, right? Except for this one guy who turns, who takes a turn as a hetero and likes it. And an old couple. Same as Oliver. Oh, Frank and Cyril, maybe. Oliver, definitely. I pointed, I remember in one episode. Yeah, that's true. Who's the gay old couple? Are Frank and Cyril supposed to be gay? Frank and Cyril are supposed to be a couple. They go way back. I didn't realize they were a couple together. I could see them both being gay, and I thought they were just friends. I didn't realize they were lovers. Yeah, there was that. There was that spot of uh, illicit fellatio that uh, he he had the trouble at the border. (laughs) Right, right. I thought that was just a banter. Well, he could have, and and he could have had that conducted on him by by a woman. Yeah, he doesn't say specifically. But my point is, is that you know there aren't uh, homosexuals are not really represented in it. it, it, Yeah, and that is actually a common criticism of the series. and especially now that we have a main character who is supposed to be a homosexual, and the first time we really get anything into him, he sleeps with a woman. Yeah. But how old is the series? Tell me. The series is from the mid nine, mid two thousand. Sorry, two thousand five. So that was. Five, six, but seven. there's is, only been like in the last. I'd say the last five years have has the acceptance grown oh, stonewall was in 1972 i mean there's <laughs> well, there's i realize that but still lots of times the there. acceptance hasn't been mainstream uh, and for, for being I, for I being a think. for being a cable show too I, yeah. it's 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 well i guess it is cable show yeah so. for being a cable show it's behind Right. It's well behind. I mean, Queer as I mean, Folk was in the... Well, they were talking about Queer as Yeah, Folk. they're directly referencing Queer as yeah. Folk. Right. I mean, it's not... I mean, definitely there's there's plenty of, you know, everybody, but... I mean, it was... Um, I will agree with you. It, it, has, it was still a taboo subject as late as 1993 when Don't Ask, Don't Tell was, like, instigated and that kind of stuff. But I don't know. It just seems... Like, like that is a big criticism that I have with. Yeah, this they're show. they're noti- they are notably behind the curve and and have been uh, have been called on that by various uh, 
various individuals. I mean, they didn't completely eliminate it. I mean, it's there. Yeah, it's not a plot but, element. But it is I well, wouldn't it's say the it's that it's the percentage. Is that this is a gay guy who's straight. I mean, that's that's right. what I think bothers me. Okay, I can see Anyways. that point entirely. Yep. Although I, I do, I do want to say that. Um, and maybe it, maybe it's a bad sign after all, but uh, I was going to say that that refreshingly, this scene is not actually all you know. It's not played for awkwardness. Yeah, you know, yeah. I mean, they, no, they, they, right. they, it's it's played it's played uh, it's played uh, straight <laughs> straight. Shouldn't it be What's though awkward though? Because she's it, you I, would I, think I it would something about it really rubs me the wrong way. Uh, yeah, I know. I, I think I think this. I think that in a in in any other case, a series uh, uh, an issue where there's a. A, a, a gay guy that ended up sleeping with a straight woman there they would be like played up for humor the the the, the awkwardness right. would be played up for a humor humor humorous element and they they uh don't go that way and since no. they don't go that way it's like well of course he's not because this is the right way you're supposed to be that's the kind of like Aww. low current thing that i kind of got off of the scene you know an interesting perspective thinking um if there's any female writers out there um, writing this uh, and having been in the theater and around, you know, a lot of gay guys and you're just like, a lot of them are, are like super attractive and you're like totally attracted to him. You like have no chance. So maybe this is just like a little hope for A little wish fulfillment? Yeah. So Even though... Not... I mean, not, 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 it, it not, that they, not that they'd ever say, you know, that it ought to go that way. No. Exactly. But seriously, I know that I've been, I've walked those shoes, and it, it's 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 a sad it's a sad pair of shoes to wear. And also, <laughs> I, I mean, the, the and the the other thing too is that um, that really the 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 fact is that it's more of a spectrum than it is a that it is a. Uh, Black or white? Yeah, yeah, yeah that's yes, true. Yes, it is. So, that's so they're true. they're kind of playing playing that that you know it's not uh, he doesn't have to be one hundred percent one way. That's right. right. I'm that's... just saying though that it's the it just seems like if this is our main homosexual character, the fact that he's so far one way on the spectrum, I don't know, I don't know. It's just rubbing me the wrong way. Yep, I can see. I can definitely see. That. I, I mean, as, as I said, I can see your interpretation, and I can also agree that there is a, a fair amount of criticism in terms of that particular element. Right, mm-hmm. and I mean, percentage-wise, yeah, they're way off. I'd say you're way off. Yeah, there's a lot many, of straight dudes characters. in this, uh, yep. yeah. Yeah. this theater. And I mean, there there are plenty of straight dudes in regular theater as well, but percentages right, right. aren't quite on for sure. Yeah, well, I mean, I, and also I, I've got to say, I mean, they 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 have. They, you, you, for for being a show about the theater, we don't have a lot of main characters who are actors, really. It's mostly directors and 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 staff. The show, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, we got we got Jeffrey, former actor. Um, we've got Henry and Brian, neither of which they they make any particular reference to what which way they may be. True. I mean, there's. I, if anything, it's getting ignored more than it's getting decided. <laughs> right, in one way and or no the one other. is explicitly saying they're straight, with the exception of maybe Jeffrey. And Richard, but Richard's, you know, he's the producer or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, he's the money guy. He's the money guy. Anyways, it was something that I guess I I didn't really notice until this scene, and then it it made me reflect to all the other, what, 11 episodes we've watched so far. Mm -hmm. Although they did did make out the the, um, fire and brimstone minister to be a buffoon. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, they did. did. I, I, uh, he was pretty funny, though. 
wasn't he? Yeah, well, I mean, they made him. They they made, they painted him that way. Well, yeah, it was pretty. I liked. I liked. That yeah, I, I I mean, I, I can definitely see the interpretation. I don't think that the show specifically leans um, uh, intentionally hetero, but it definitely uh, it definitely happened. Yeah. I said just the absence is very present. Yes. Yeah. And it is. Good, it has been effect. noted. Good point. Yeah. Also, yeah. Stonewall happened in 1969. I misspoke. Well, there you go. But anyways. Uh, moving along, then the next scene, uh, Anna and Lionel Train are having happy conversation. Uh, even though Lionel seems to be referring to her as a character already, even though he hasn't, uh, that has not been revealed yet. Uh, I'm sure that's not the major, though, right? <laughs> And uh, after a after a, a big mind scrambling smooch, uh, Anna ends up telling Richard about uh, the firing of Henry. And uh, I know that the uh, we'll be getting back to Anna and Lionel and the whole uh, mm-hmm. thing, but I, but it, it is it is uh, noticeable already in here that he's that he's talking about her as though she's a character in his dialogue. Uh, there's a brief vignette where Henry is quote unquote at home. Talking to Brian on his cell phone, uh, they, they kind of almost are implying that he's a, that he's a you know a functional alcoholic or a borderline alcoholic. That yeah, Brian is shots in the morning. Yeah, no, that Henry is. Yeah, that, oh, that Henry is. Yeah, because because Brian Brian's like uh, I, I don't know what what his line is because it's only the one side of the conversation. But uh, but Henry says no, no, I'm at home, and we should go to the bar later. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Have you ever worked with a functioning alcoholic? Uh, I yes. Well, I mean. He was he was barely functioning. There was a sales guy at uh, sorry um, at a company. You used to work. It's gone. At a co- yeah, it's a company that no longer exists. But it was a sales guy, and he would go three quarters of the day, or you know, basically half the day up to lunch. But then he was always uh, out entertaining clients, <laughs> and he would always come in after 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 like six because his car was parked in the ramp next door. Uh huh. And he'd always come back into the office, and it was. Ugh, the, there is a funk coming off of him, the alcoholic funk. Yeah, that's... and uh, I think he ended up getting let go before I did, which was, uh, I mean, well, Woo! Yeah. Uh, I, <laughs> I only, got let go before you. <laughs> well, I only went two. I went, only went two and a half months at that job. That was that was a quick one. And I moved here for that job. You did, and I stayed in Lincoln. And I moved back to Lincoln after that because that was bad. Okay, anyways, that was bad. <laughs> personal history, not applicable to the show. Tender Bell. All that. Ding, 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 ding. I don't have a bell. I know, the Christmas tree is gone because yeah, Christmas we're tree's gone. Hey, our Christmas tree's gone. Woo! Yay. It's February. Sorry, I had to ask because I, it was... It's technically not February yet. Yay, it's February-ish. I did pay rent today, so yeah. Did you pay rent? Wow, you're good. I paid some bills. Well, my rent people finally lets us do it online now, so now I have absolutely no reason to have a checkbook. Oh, boy. Oh. I still have a couple of things. Well, we, our, our association fee I paid with the check today. Ooh. Well, all my checks still have my Cincinnati address on them. Excellent. It's pointless to change it. Yeah. Yeah. You I mean you'll get around to it, right? When you run out. You're good for it. Yeah. When I run out, and I'll probably be in a different apartment by then. So. Yeah. You just never know. Ding ding ding. I know. I'm sorry, <laughs> Darcy. Shush. And uh, so Richard is pounding. Not, he's actually it's not not Oliver as Jeffrey originally be- believes, but pounding at the door to the storage room. Um, it's it begins. The scene begins with uh, with Oliver and Jeffrey having a little bit of an argument, and then uh, Jeffrey f- discovers that he's actually uh, talking to Richard through the door. Whoops! <laughs> Oops! 
and they have the sort of a microcosm discussion of the, the of the the whole crux of their uh, relationship, uh, commerce versus art. Um, and there's a, there's some fairly direct quotes that I'm not going to mention now <laughs> about commerce versus art, and sort of. Uh, you know, I mean, it's 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 a whole illustration that they started with, started the series with with uh, Jeffrey at the uh, Theater Sans Argent with uh, you know <laughs> high art yep. in his opinion with no no uh, nobody nobody comes to your shows and mm-hmm. yep yep I I picked up on that too. I think Richard kind of has a little bit of a point though. Like somewhat. it's I'm, what's that? Yeah, somewhat. I mean, it's they definitely uh, are depending on the draw. Right. Of the uh, the big ticket, the big the big name. Okay. Um, um. Jerry tries to get his wife to come see the rehearsal or the. Uh, I know. I guess this is previews by now. To come see the preview, uh, as the costumers are uh, hurriedly fitting him in to his costume for the show. <laughs> uh, Marianne, the costume assistant, obviously doesn't have all the right calluses just yet. Oh, uh, what the hell? That. No. No, that doesn't happen. You just keep yeah, well, sewing. You, you don't you don't say ow that you do say ow fuck and then you take it out of your finger and go on. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well that happened right gone, when uh... gone in that deep. It wouldn't have. There's I mean seriously, I like sew my finger with the sewing machine and it doesn't go through it. Stop it break the needle. Well you know why that <laughs> happened, right? Because Jerry segment Beth. The oh. second he said it, she stabbed herself. Oh, good point. Oh, I didn't go. catch that. I just and thought it went to in myself. really deep, and she was bleeding everywhere. I missed that. The name so of the but, show. but if you bleed on, on the, the costume, costume that's good, good luck. luck. It is good luck. But that's if you're steeped in blood, then what does that mean? <laughs> what if you're stepped in blood? No, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't notice that the seamstress had her tongue out, like, which seems to be characteristic of someone who is sewing. I, I don't know. I just. I do, do you that. do that? I was wondering. I do. It's it's embarrassing too. You just can't. Yeah. And so both of those people work in wardrobe. Is that typically how it happens? Is there usually two people like that, or is one costume, one's a seamstress? I imagine or? since they were in previews that the one is the costume designer, and then there's there's sometimes numerous dresser. It depends depends okay. on the show. So costume designer is the older woman with the glasses. That's what I'm guessing. Either yeah. that, or she could even just be like a well, costume shop manager too. Could be. The, there, but. Yeah, yeah. She was she was kind of making. Decisions on the uh, on the stage previously. Yeah, like, so I'm thinking designer, episode. but yeah. and then the blonde woman is under her, like works under her. Is she blonde? I thought she had dark hair. I don't know. No, the, 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 the lady on the, the ground. The one who stabbed, stabbed, stabbed her herself, finger yeah. works under her, obviously. Okay. Yeah. Marianne, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Uh, Jeffrey and Jerry are going over their notes, and Jerry. Uh, so somewhat associated with this scene, I think. It, I think it's uh, after they move into the uh, dressing room. But uh, Jerry confesses that he's uh, not exactly didn't ex- exactly expect to go on, and yep. uh, did not uh, really know all of the uh, ins and outs. Yeah, I noticed a really interesting contrast in this scene. Uh, Jerry, I wrote down what Jerry said. Jerry said, I know the soliloquy's cold. It's the stuff in between that I'm not sure of. Mm -hmm. I recall that before the first performance of Hamlet at the end of season one, when Jeffrey was talking to Jack, Jeffrey described all the stuff in between Hamlet's soliloquies as filler. Filler. And and he said, quote, nail those six soliloquies and everyone goes home happy. Uh, Either Jeffrey's forgotten that principle, or he's way more wrapped in the, wrapped up in this project than he was in Hamlet, or something, because he doesn't tell Jerry that at all. He, he's handling the 
situation with Jerry way differently than he did the one with Jack, but then again, maybe that makes sense for him. Well, despite despite the uh despite it being a tragedy, Hamlet is a crowd pleaser. Like people mm. know at, at least one, if not two or three of the soliloquies from Hamlet, Even, yeah, but not the Hamlet. ones from Macbeth. From Macbeth, okay. they may know the dagger. Yeah, that's true. Good point. Yeah, Maybe. that's absolutely true. So, I mean, those yeah, I those six that. the six soliloquies of Hamlet are, are really, I mean, really seriously, the crowd the crowd that comes in and and really doesn't know the filler is expecting to see Hamlet knock those out of the park. Say right. to be but, or not to be. Mm-hmm. That one especially, but not so much with Macbeth. Okay, thank you. That but no, I, I picked up on that as but well. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I, I had the exact same thought you had. Yeah, it is noticeable. It is definitely noticeable that, that it's a parallel. Also, Hamlet, it is... Um, the story, although it does have a lot of different characters in it, really does so strongly revolve around the one person. You know, mm-hmm. it really does rely on him. Whereas Macbeth, there are, you know, a cast of thousands. And a lot <laughs> of them actually do have an important role Pivotal well. roles, mm-hmm. yeah. It's, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's spread out a little bit better. Unless you're okay. not coming. Yeah, because then, then you could just do one. it all. <laughs> yeah, Ellen Cumming just did it as his cast of one. Which explains what some of the lines in the uh, in the theme song that we use, <laughs> where they mentioned that yeah, Banquo's got an apple. It took me a long time to figure out what the heck that meant until I realized that it was a one man show. And that was his prop for I so, am. So when I'm holding the apple, I'm Banquo, and that's that's what you have to do for a one man show. I get, okay. Thank you so much for explaining that. I have been reading through Macbeth, waiting for someone to have an apple, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, and nobody ever does. No. And Prince Malcolm's a dolly because probably it was an actual dolly, a doll prop that he used oh. for the uh, for that particular portion of the uh, show. Okay. But Thank Ellen you. Cumming definitely could uh, pull off both a Macbeth and a Lady Macbeth. Yeah, totally. standing mm-hmm. side by side. Yes, he could. Yes, well, I mean, obviously. He's amazing. Well, I mean, obviously, they have they have some fairly intense scenes directly to each other in a conversation where he has to, he would have to turn on a dime. Uh, yep, yeah, or yeah, yeah. That'd be a pretty interesting costume. It'd be like the, uh, yeah, it'd yep. be like the 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 Gollum talking to himself scene. Yeah, know? absolutely. Lord of the Rings. Mm-hmm. Lord of the Rings. Two towers. Was Indeed. it two towers? Yep. Yes, to be, it to be specific. Yes, specifically <laughs> the two towers. Tangent. Oh. <laughs> ding, ding, ding. <laughs> As Jerry hacks his way through the stage combat rehearsal, Ellen confronts uh, Jeffrey about Henry. Unintended. Oh, yes, absolutely. <laughs> um, yeah, there's confronts- not a lot of Jeff... Free and Ellen in this episode is there? Yeah, I mean, basically, is this they, the only interaction they have. They, 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 a little bit. No, there's a second one later on where she yeah. says, where, where she says, you know, he made it through this, this episode. He made it through this performance, but if he goes on again, he'll realize that he'll never be Macbeth and it'll crush him. Uh, yeah. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, but this in this scene, she compares uh, Jeffrey to Oliver. Yep, I noted that. I wrote down, Ellen said, God, you sound exactly like Oliver. And it's clear from the way Jeffrey reacts that he does not want to start sounding like Oliver. Jeffrey's character development this season, um, one of the things it mostly focuses around is him trying to make his own way as a director and as an artist and to get out from under Oliver's shadow. Yes, and, and you know, despite uh, despite the... Uh 
the questionable lizard scene in the first season. If you go with that, <laughs> he's accommodating two psyches in his head. You go mm. with the Fight Club, uh, the, the Fight Club yeah, yeah. Uh, theory. Mm-hmm. Then uh, maybe he's bleeding through. Mm. Maybe could be. I, I I think by now it's pretty much established he's actually a ghost. But uh, yeah, if you went if you went with the Fight Club hy- hypothesis, <sighs> Darren pitches a fit about the canceled rehearsal. Ugh. And then Anna talks to Lionel about the new character, Annette, from Winkler. From Winkler. <laughs> with a grandfather who's a Hutterite and has an accident with a dairy machine, a milking machine. You can't make that stuff up. No. <laughs> Apparently you really can't. I did note that Darren Nichols is, again, uh, a fashion trendsetter. Mm. He's got the scarf and the glasses. He's got, like, a Sergeant Pepper jacket on, which isn't really that fashionable at the time. But he is pre-hipster. Hipster. Yeah. Yes. I, I can I can agree with this that. This is two thousand five for sure. Yeah, two thousand five and two thousand five I think uh being in the art world and being uh being a uh slavishly devoted to the Germans. Uh. Well I think that he's dressed like that to be like mocking a certain culture at the time and it's just funny is that that became the glasses and scarf mostly, that yes. became a big part of hipster dumb. Yeah. All he's missing is a. Uh, when did I make that coat? When did you make that coat? That, that was that was more, much more recently than that. Was it? Yeah. Uh, it all blends. Together. Did you make a Sergeant Pepper coat? Yeah, something similar to it. Yeah. Or a Captain Kangaroo coat? Yeah. Did you all have I, Captain Kangaroo? Not quite I, as. I yeah, love oh, absolutely. Oh, okay. Mr. Green Jeans was my favorite. Yep. And yep. Ping pong balls came down because of what? What? No, what was the what was the reason? Oh, the word. There was a was word. It, was it a cue? It was a word. You had to say it was it was a word, and if you said it in the ping pong balls, I, I can't, can't remember. remember. The word no, that's. I thought that was peewees. Where if you said the word of the day, everybody screams. Oh, everybody screams. So then, uh, then you can't do that on television with the slime and so the, I don't know. I don't know and water. Yeah. yeah. But there was. I don't remember was, what ping pong ball was. Yeah, there's. You get got ping pong balls dropped on him, and I can't remember what the. He would say a word. Was perennial. Or a phrase. I can't remember. This perennial thing. Yeah. Mm. Ding, ding, ding. Tangent bill. We're not searching on that. We're not searching on that. Nagara. We are not going to Google search the ping pong balls. Okay. Okay. Yeah, so Anna basically uh, says, okay, it really bothers me, but uh, go ahead, I guess. Opening the door later on. Don't open the door. So uh, when Richard's talking to Sanjay in this, did did everybody pick up on the, uh, the banker's box? I know that uh, yeah. that Darcy definitely did. She's like, he's packing. Oh, yeah. No, I totally saw that he was packing. You know, Paul, uh, you kind of spoiled this for me today. With the banker's you, box? No, with what's going to happen to Sanjay. I uh, I did accidentally... Uh, you posted the wrong picture on the Facebook. I did. Just briefly. Like, I didn't see it. Don't say anything to me. Well, it's, it no, was no, it's for this episode. Oh, he, okay. he hadn't watched the episode yet. Oh! Yes. And I noticed that you took. I was I was writing spoiler in the comments, and it wouldn't let me. And it's because you had deleted. Because I had already killed it. Yeah. It, it was like, a, oh wait a minute. It was <laughs> it was literally up for like a minute and a half. Oh. Yeah, but I saw it. It was basically the cops coming. The cops in. holding the mugshot. Yeah. I see. Whoops. 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 Because you know, Paul and I live in this world where if we don't get things done like four days ahead of time, it just ain't going to happen. So. Well, I, I actually have you know I have, I have that episode completely ready, other than a blog post at the moment. Really? Yeah. Oh, so and that's why that's why I changed pictures. I was moving on toward toward the blog post, and then I was like, oh crap. Excellent. Yeah. But because of that, I did notice the banker the banker's box because I knew that he would be fleeing. And Amy, did you notice that he was packing? N- uh. 
Actually, I believe I did. No, I think I noticed him packing. Yeah. Stuff. And did you Not see the money often. belt? I didn't oh. see the money belt. Is that belt. what that was? I, I was wondering yeah. what the hell he was doing. I thought he was taking his pants off at one point. Yeah. No, he was putting on a money belt. That's kind of the... the what is the, a money belt? A money like belt a fanny is... pack? It's, it's, kind of. It's kind of a, a belt that you wear under your clothing that is basically just holds your money. And it's it's uh, it's popular, especially with uh, like European travelers and backpackers and things like that. But it's also popular uh, with people who want to smuggle large amounts of cash without anybody seeing it. Oh, uh, that makes sense. Okay. Yeah, I had one of those when I traveled in Europe, but we wore it around our neck, and it was under in our clothes. Yeah. No, I had a, I had yep. one that was, a, it was a, it was like went over a bandolier, type like a bandolier thing. style. And uh, yeah, you slept with it at the youth hostel under your clothes too. Yeah, yeah. The, the money, the, the money belt was a major plot element in Midnight Run with uh, Charles oh, Grodin yeah, and Robert De Niro. Excellent. Yes. Hmm. Because he was wearing a money belt the whole time. Sorry, it's a spoiler. It is, but if you haven't seen the movie... If you haven't seen Midnight Run by, by now, now... Gosh. Probably not going to see you've, it. What are you waiting it? for? You've seen exactly. it, right? No, I've I'm not. Oh. <laughs> Paul is just all right, sorts though. of Ben's spoilers today, isn't it? Yes. I'm sorry. I'll forget by the time I actually get around to that. Okay. It's, it's well worth it, though. It's a good movie. Excellent. Well, I'm watching all the Oscars that I can right now. Yeah. For the next enumeration. Wow, list. you're good. But I mean, I just watched Iron Man three today because that is Oscar nominated, but it is not a good movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, personally, no, Mid- I did not like Midnight, it. Midnight Run is, is is so very worth it. It's uh, you know Charles Grodin, Robert De Niro, Joey Pants, um, that Dennis Farina. Mm-hmm. Oh, nice. Yeah. Ding, Okay. Um, so yeah, uh, directly after uh, talking with Sanjay on the phone and hanging up, the uh, police enter and ask him some questions about the man who is now calling himself Sanjay Rainier. I wrote down in my notes, I did not see that plot twist coming at all. I was absolutely shocked by it, and I had no idea, and I'm so glad I stayed spoiler-free. That was some good show writing, because I was completely floored. And other than the uh, the, the mugshot uh, giveaway on the day of viewing, uh, did you not see that coming either, I ben? didn't. No, I didn't see it coming. Uh, I mean, I was shocked at, like, 12.30 this afternoon when mm-hmm. I was at work. Uh, <laughs> but, no, I was expecting his You're on Facebook pain. at work? I'm, yeah, I'm always on. I'm a programmer. I'm always oh, on. Oh, okay. I guess you guys get <laughs> He designs perks. user experiences. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, but, like, um, I was expecting this ad campaign to actually go somewhere. And, like, that there'd be a big reveal of how it would work. I didn't realize it was just going to be... A charlatan. You're so. abs- yeah, I was expecting that, too. Yeah. All right. Uh, next scene. Jerry is holding it together. He's just getting ready to go on. He's holding it together, talking to Jeffrey. Um, Jeffrey offers him the puke bucket, as he, <laughs> as he often does to his, uh, to his leading men. And uh, he, he declines, as his leading men often do. But then there is the announcement that the understudy is going on. And a chorus of uh, chorus of booze, and uh, that's when he loses it and has to <laughs> has to void his stomach. Yuck! And I'm sure no one really boozed in real life in the theater. Yes. But it, no, no. Here, here's here's the thing. If you listen to the Nerdist podcast from this summer when they were doing Marvel Week, Clark Gregg tells a story and it's i mean it's so identical that it, that it it almost feels like they took it but i'm pretty sure it happens all the time mm-hmm. um clark gregg was in the original broadway run of a few good men 
and he was understudying the Jack Nicholson role. It wasn't Jack Nicholson on Broadway. Right. Um, the 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 uh, the lead actor had a uh, pet emergency and wasn't <laughs> able to go on, and he had to go on at the last minute, sem- you know, fa- fairly unprepared. And when they announced that he was the uh, underst- that the understudy was going on for this performance, there was a chorus of boos. It happens. No, yeah. that's yeah. I could. I, I was going to say. Real. I'm sure that it doesn't happen often, but I could see that actually happening in this case, mm-hmm. especially because the people that are there are the people that the ads didn't scare off enough because they really wanted to see Henry uh, Breedlove. Breedlove. Henry, yeah, exactly. And that was the only reason that they were there. Mm-hmm. Absolutely Which maybe right. Maybe the people that went to Few Good Men, the only reason they were there was to see the Jack Nicholson character. And I can't remember which actor it was, but it was somebody who was a fairly good na- big name. Right. Mm-hmm. And apparently that was a matinee, and uh, he was able to attend the uh, later performance, and there's a whole extra bit of story that's really amusing, but a tangent. What's a tangent? <laughs> uh, I don't know. It's a math. <laughs> it's, 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 it's a plague on introcasts. <laughs> the tangent. A plague on both your podcasts. Ah! <laughs> Lionel and Anna are getting it on, uh, tearing off, tearing off, g- gingerly pulling off uh, each other's clothing. Did you notice yeah. that they're wearing almost the exact same shirt? <laughs> I didn't. Like yeah. they both have like striped work shirts on that are untucked at the pants. And the the stripes are both vertical. I just it, it was very like seeing them like on their knees on the bed or whatever, like face to face with those stripes going all the way down my screen was very noticeable. I don't know why I made a note of it though because I it, my eye caught it immediately. Purposeful costume choice, likely. Likely. Well, I can understand for the ripping off of the buttons part, but do you think the the stripes were done on purpose for that reason too? Likely. Likely. Yeah. Why? Well, I mean, in, in, it, depending on the show, I mean, obviously uh, designing for screen, it may be a little bit different. But in terms uh. of uh, stage production, I, in my experience, I, Darcy could actually say it probably more eloquently than me. A lot of times when you have a couple, you try to marry them with their costume. You try to make their similarities. But hmm. it's not, not no, so much for film. Sense. I was thinking, Paul, it was more about, um, you know, how they had the the framing. The frame. I kind of figured it had something to do with that. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. I mean. Could be. I mean, in in any form of But I would say it was purposeful and not just they both happened to have that in their wardrobes. Oh, well, totally. It was purposeful. I was just. Well, not always, but. (laughs) Well, yeah. I mean, they both uh, they both came to the apartment from work in theory. So I mean, mm-hmm. you know, striped work shirts are common. Oh, they sure and they usually are. go up and down. They do. I, I see hundreds of them. Hmm. On me. I'm looking at one right now on my floor. There you go. Take it to the dry cleaner. Uh. No. Do you, Do you have your shirts done or not? Uh, I used to when I worked for a corporation, but now that I work for a school, oh, I don't have yeah, to be that then fancy. You don't need to. I can wear jeans and. He's no longer working for the man. Damn right. The man. Now I'm working for art students. Woohoo! Yeah. Excellent. Cool. Jerry gets off to a rough start. He forgets the very first line for a good minute or so, and then uh, proceeds to drop a ton of pages. Mm-hmm. About that part, I I complained in my notes. Um, 
The whole point of Macbeth's opening line in Act 1, Scene 2 is that it directly parallels the last line of Act 1, Scene 1. If they, meaning both the uh, New Burbage Company and the TV writers, if they had followed the script of Macbeth unabridged, Jerry would have just heard the witches say, Fair is foul and foul is fair. Hover through the fog and filthy air. At least once, maybe several times, depending on how they decided to stage it. But they left that part out, and the first scene ended with one of the witches saying, Peace, the charms wound up. I I do not like that choice, either on Jeffrey's part or on the TV writer's part, because they lost the parallelism in that moment in the play. Okay. There you go. No, I totally agree. Do you think that they skipped the like you this happens here at the very beginning and then you say it's kind of like echoed later on mm-hmm. in the play? I don't really Actually, know this play very no, well. Oh, it's echoed directly on echoed yeah. directly so, the end of the, one scene and then the beginning the of beginning the very of the next. next scene echoes yeah. it. Yes. Do you so, think they just skipped it in the next scene too? Or I think I think what the I, I think know. what the I think probably to 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 build the tension and to have people that know the play better, you know, maybe not, not people who have it memorized, but people who know the play better, um, you know, they don't have it telegraphed. So they're, everybody mm-hmm. in the in the audience, viewing audience, is going, "What is the line? What what line is he trying to remember?" Oh yeah, okay. If it's too that obvious, that I mean, if it's too obvious to someone who who knows some of the show, then then it's not as much tension. You're absolutely right. Thanks for that. Yeah. Is the yeah, witch's so, scene in the very beginning? Is that when they do the boil, more than boil, toil and trouble? No, uh, that's there's, later there's, on. Yeah, there's that's a couple later on. Mm-hmm. That's that's the to be or not to be scene for me as far as Macbeth goes. Like yep. I know I know that one line. That's mm-hmm. the one line that when I associate this play, I think because it shows up in a lot of video games. Probably, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> makes sense. Uh, and uh, I think Oliver makes a brief appearance in this particular portion. He mm-hmm. does but when they're when he's in the um the booth. Uh, yeah, what is her name? Maria? Maria's booth, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. At this point he just comes on to say I I'm not here to gloat. I just wanted to see and he doesn't really say anything constructive in this particular part. He does come on later on in another mm-hmm. portion of this sequence. Yes, that's right. When the ghost is gone? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh then uh, Henry and Brian are uh, playing billiards discussing the naked Macbeth scene and Brian is uh is actually questioning Henry about it more than more than just saying yeah you're right yes yes you're correct he's not doing that no he isn't i wrote it i wrote down Brian of all people the one who has or had an ongoing grudge match with Jeffrey is the one who tries to change Henry's mind about the whole washing the blood off Macbeth's body thing and who acknowledges that the idea might actually have merit. This was another really big surprise for me in this episode. This was the same Brian who once called Jeffrey a bad artist and said he was not worthy of this theater. Now, Brian is giving Jeffrey's work a chance. So that was a really cool development. Well, he took the wind out of his sails. Yeah, he got humbled. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He got humbled, yep. and he's got some time to think, <laughs> I yep. suppose. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, Brian ended up talking Henry into into coming along and going to see the show, where they uh, where they talk in the audience <laughs> while there's uh, while there's intense scenes going on, and uh, Alana yeah. Alana is behind them, uh, yeah. Jerry's wife. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. Nice scene. 
Mm-hmm. And uh, apparently, you know, bef- bef- before the before the payoff, we we discover that Lionel's idea of pillow, pillow talk is talking about uh, Anna's burly burly former lovers. <laughs> yeah, that was weird. That was weird. And then, uh, I mean, then, uh, I understand it was to get information out of her, right? Is that what it was? Or he was do you think he was getting off? He was pumping her for information. You're right. But I'll bump pun intended. Very much so. Uh, yeah, and then they, uh, and then he's uh, he wants to get something to work with. He's got to turn on the lights. Oh boy, does uh, that mean he's having issues? I yeah, I'm not sure. Was that was that? Uh, he needs something. He needs something to work. To work with? I need some visuals because uh, this isn't going well. Or <laughs> I think he just wanted to see her naked. <laughs> yeah, I guess there there might not be any subtext to that. Yeah, well, I mean. I think that maybe just be a well. Never mind. Oliver grudgingly likes the banquet scene without the ghost, but points out that he is pro ghost in a bias because of his current state. <laughs> and I won't directly quote that any further than that. Okay. The stage combat is rough, but it looks good to the people who don't know what's going on, and the people who do know what's going on don't want to see any of it. That was pretty <laughs> scary. Uh, have, have you ever seen stage combat gone awry? I I I haven't really. I've mostly just seen. You know, I, I know that that basically, you know, the person on the uh, defensive is to be in control. Yeah. Of oh. what's going on. Yeah. That's the whole point. Mm. And it, but so if the uh, but if the person on the offensive isn't playing along I with that properly noticed. and knowing his cues, <laughs> I know they did a, oh. they did a good, pretty good job of staging it so that it looked like it was going bad right that's mm. it's um i mean it's terrifying if if yeah i i have seen that be like uh it will usually just stop and yeah time out because it's it, yeah it's it's intense and yeah yeah but, to, uh, yeah go ahead about yeah i am one of those people who does not know what's going on and has no idea how to tell well done stage combat from poorly done stage combat so you've you've given me some idea but if there's anything yeah, I else realize. i need to know about this please watched, enlighten me we, well we watched an episode of batman recently with poorly done stage oh combat. my gosh that was horrible okay batman have you seen from the 60s. from the 60s and paul and i were just we were we were rolling on the floor and fox was like what's so funny because you know he hasn't really seen a whole i mean he's seen i guess he's seen like star wars and stuff but this pull this pull those punches weren't even pulled they weren't even pulled they didn't even make contact it was no, no wonder they had to put the big pow up there because they had to hide that it to block the connect. obvious uh, yeah. <laughs> it was it was so hilarious so that's that would be bad stage combat um but yeah all it, right got it <laughs> just like paul said it is um you know the the person who is in the the de- you know de- defense is the one who's in control of it. So and when when yeah when when everybody is performing pre- correctly. Right. But if and then that's the thing is a lot of times you know it depend it, it changes, you know, for who's in defense so you really have to know when those transitions are and if you mm. if you're not in the right place and you're not yeah, it's it's bad and it it doesn't take much for it to go very wrong right. and um uh, I've never seen anybody get more than just like clobbered. Yeah. But 
you know, the, it, it happens. It happens that people get sliced or stabbed. Well, yeah, I mean, there's, a, there's not much of an edge. There's right. enough of an edge to show. There's on enough stage. of an edge, and yeah, you could you can hurt somebody. pretty Yeah, bad, if you hit them pretty so. hard with a and they hit. Edge. I mean, they they don't pull it till the end. Yeah. So it's um. Well, because you're making contact to get the sound. Right, and then also if the person moves, that it's. Yeah, yeah. it's got to be choreographed. Fight choreography is dead on. I, 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 we had a crash course in fight choreography for a for a, a senior project film that we did. Okay. And um, so we had an actual fight fight trainers slash airline pilot that ta- taught us uh, the basics. Who was it? <laughs> His name was Skip, and it was not. He was not. It wasn't Skip. Yeah, it, it wasn't was the Skip, other Skip. Skip. It was the Skip who was an airline pilot oh, okay. and fight choreographer. Okay. Neat. So we, we, I mean, we got the very, very basics, and uh, there were people who watched that particular short film that we made and said, you guys are pretty bad at this whole stage combat thing. It yeah. did not look good, yeah. no offense, but hey, you know. Yeah. Okay. Living Thanks. Life. Thanks for the crash course. Yes. And I, I believe that is not actually a tangent. No, it is I was, not. I almost rang the bell and then realized this is kind of on topic. Kind yep. of. We're talking about but stage uh, the state. Well, the stage combat is rough. It's looking good, and and by the time uh, by the time Macbeth gets his, Naum is even enjoying it. Yep. Yeah, mm-hmm. who hates this play? He is satisfied right. by the end, and the crowd goes wild. He there's at least some folks standing. Mm-hmm. The, the house is uh, obviously half full, but that's uh, friends and family night. Yeah, at maybe. the theater. Yeah, maybe. It is. It's previous. Previous. previous Oftentimes. Friends and family. I loved that moment when everybody applauded. It, yep. Once for the second time against all odds and everything they had working against them, they still made the magic of theater happen. I love those moments on this show. Right. I like Jerry a lot more than I like Jack. Yeah, me too. Agreed. Yes. Paul? <laughs> yes, yes, no, I, I, he's, he's definitely meant to meant to be a little bit a little bit more likable. I mean, Jack yeah. Jack's likable for different reasons. Yeah, but Jerry's definitely the everyman. Yeah, mm-hmm. of actors, uh, which Wife and kids. Mm-hmm. There's not a lot of young people in this se- in this season. There I mean, I guess Romeo and Juliet. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Sarah, Sarah's pretty young, and and uh, and Patrick. Yeah, but they're yeah. they're really almost like background characters. I know that they're supposed to be main characters, but but in Macbeth, the characters are older. Just yeah. right. Well, I'm just saying, just in general. I mean, every like in the fir- I'm thinking of the first season compared to mm-hmm. this season, and mm-hmm. you had Claire and Jack, and they were very. They brought a sense of youth. Kate, Kate and, and Jack. Slow and Claire. Yeah, whatever. Yeah. And Claire, there there is also Claire. Uh, who was also on Lost, um, but also <laughs> Sloane was very young, you know. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, that that youthfulness is not. I'm just now becoming it's aware of this. Right. It's not really in this as much season. Yeah, that's that's yeah, true. This, this season is definitely a little bit more middle aged, I suppose. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but it's a middle aged play. There you go. Get it. Oh yeah. <laughs> no, I'm like not the Dark Ages. I got <laughs> no, it. I got middle it. Ages. Middle Ages. <laughs> uh-huh. Uh, Jerry and his wife embrace in the dressing room for a moment, and then they are continuously interrupted by various other folks. Jeffrey and Ellen come in to congratulate, mm-hmm. and uh, Frank and Cyril, and a good portion of the rest of the non-speaking cast that are, uh, you know, getting a day rate. There's not enough kilts. <laughs> Sorry. Anybody else feel like like this was kind of the end of the episode, or at least like if if the Richard scene, which is coming up at the very end, happened after this, then I would feel like this would be a full episode, but. The episode went on. What's what's after this? Is it 
the um, there's still some more Revenue Canada coming up. Some I more agree Patrick with you, Sarah. Ben. Yeah, it seemed like this. I was thinking, oh, this is it. Almost time to go to bed, but right. it wasn't. I was well, like, oh, we're going more. Okay. And it made me realize just how crammed full this season is. There's the mm-hmm. three uh, the three plays, and then this audit shit that's happening, which. I think that may be the next scene. I can't remember. I don't have scene for scene. But the audit thing and, like, her sleeping with her brother-in-law, like, it just feels so weird now. Like, it seems like that's gone on way too long. Because of how I thought this this was the end of the episode, maybe uh-huh. they'd, they'd have, like, a cliffhanger and that would be it, that it made me aware of how cramped-filled this season is because there's three different plays going on. I often forget about the... The, the one that's just like an experiment play or whatever. Yeah, the Lionel the one, Train. Yeah. Reading. I keep forgetting that that's an actual play. Uh, Juliet's happening, and then this this audit thing is happening, and it just feels weird, and we'll talk about it, I guess, when we get to it, but by the time we get to that audit scene, it just feels like that audit plot line has been drawn out way too long and really doesn't make sense anymore. Well, it, uh, maybe if you've ever been audited, that's how it feels <laughs> like it's been drawn out way too... I don't know. I've never been audited. I guess, but it feels like it's it slows the pace of the season way down. Yeah. It just seems like there's too much going on. Yeah. Especially since <laughs> this is the second to last episode. But anyways, Agreed. I noticed it when I thought that this the episode was ending and we still have like another 10-15 minutes left. Yes. So uh, Brian in the uh, in the audience with Henry Henry uh, is trying to talk uh, Henry into asking to come back, and eventually pretty much just uh, you know powers through and tells him I'm setting up a meeting. You got to show up. Uh, then Oliver and Jeffrey have a brief argument, which almost feels like it's just there so that Ellen can interrupt it. Yeah. I, mean, I don't even remember that happening, actually. Yeah, they've they've had the same argument going for twenty years. Happy anniversary! Uh, yeah, yeah. Oh yes, I remember that. And that scene now. Mm-hmm. But really, it's not a. It, there's not a whole lot of substance to it. They're they're arguing about theater, and Ellen interrupts. Mm-hmm. And Ellen interrupts to say, you know, basically the, it's a parallel scene with the uh, with with uh, Henry and Brian. This was fun, but this is not the way that it goes. This is not the way that it should happen. You need to talk to. Henry and get him to come back, and he agrees. And this is the scene where she says that if if uh, if Jerry does go on another time, he'll realize that he's never really going to be Macbeth and it's going to kill him. Mm-hmm. Which I thought that was nice of Jeffrey to be, you know, acknowledge that. Ellen is back at the Revenue Canada office in the morning, and uh, after she finds out a large number of back taxes, it turns out that her preparer, Amani, is a uh, a big fan of Ellen's, and, and it kind of disarms her. Yeah. Okay. Someone explain to me the purpose of the audit plotline. Why is this in this series? To make Ellen look like even more of a big, fat bee. Uh, is that it? Or is it That's the only her? thing. I, it doesn't humanize her. No, it just it makes doesn't. me hate it, her it more. It might be intending to humanize her, but it doesn't work. It makes no. her seem like more of a monster most of the time. But I, it, it, to some extent, with her breaking off with Jeffrey, then she has no one to talk to about her life and situation. So mm-hmm. she needs to have a reason to talk to people. And if she talks to her auditor and her brother-in-law, and she was also served her just desserts. Mm. Oh, it just it just seems so weird, and like the the device of an audit just seems so odd. I don't know why, because 
I don't know. It just seems weird. Right. And and pointless and by the time like we're in the fifth episode and it seems like every time they're in the exact same position, they're having the exact same conversation in every episode. I think I, don't this, know. I think I think this 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 episode was the first one where they really worked the uh, that Ellen believes that it's kind of like therapy. Mm-hmm. Right. Yep, I wrote that down. Actually, I wrote down in my notes, you know you need therapy when you treat your audit sessions right. like therapy sessions. <laughs> it, it reminded me of uh, the Our Idiot Brother with Paul Rudd. Oh, I love that movie. As the, uh, as the, the parolee who talks to his parole officer like it's a therapy session. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes. Another good one, but ding. Uh, so yeah, so uh, so Amani is a uh, is a huge fan and uh, has been keeping that under wraps the entire time. Yeah, and I wrote down so suddenly as soon as Ellen knows this person is an audi- audience member, not just some heartless bureaucratic automaton. Ellen suddenly sees this person completely differently. Which it, I never got bureaucratic automaton off of this lady. No, no it, was, it, was, it was Ellen's perception. Yeah, that's what Ellen called her. I didn't get that either at all. Ellen just called her that. At one point, though, the auditor says something, and I I rewound it twice, and I couldn't understand what she was saying. Do you know what I'm talking about? Maybe. She says, "No." Oh, 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 go say, ahead. Say what you think she said. I I can't. I it sounded like it was like in a different language. Well, she asked her what her name was, and she said it's Amani Shikate. Okay, yeah, maybe that. that's what it was. Maybe I I couldn't pick up on what Ellen was asking her then. Yeah, okay. yeah. Ellen asked asked what what her you know, I don't even really know what your name is, and she said it's Amani Shikate. Gotcha. Thank you. Yeah, because I didn't realize that was her name. So yeah, well, she's, that, she's that never confused yeah. me yeah. a lot. She's never had a name before. She's always just been the auditor. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was having a hard time with that too. Thank you. How could she make an appointment with her if she didn't never really know her, her name? Her name. Yeah. Sorry. She just didn't pay attention. Apparently, she's not really um, one to, you know, acknowledge the existence of others. So. And also, also, most of the government workers who have to deal with the public in a position like that do not, you don't, do not use their last name. No, they just use their hmm. first name so that they yeah. can't be tracked down. Yes, so, so you can't find your goddamn auditor and go kill them afterwards. Right. In theory. Or social worker Reality. or whatever. Yeah. Parole officer. Yes. To Darren's chagrin, Patrick and Sarah have found their chemistry. After Sarah confronts Darren, she storms from the rehearsal. Jeffrey didn't see the actual argument but was watching just prior when Darren was pitching his fit. Not to quote directly, but uh, Darren thinks that they are symbols, that, that, that everything is just symbolic and has absolutely nothing to do with any kind of emotion. And Darren's an idiot director, but that's just my opinion. I, I, could see, I could see it being an academic textbook study, but I can't see it as being a performance ever. No. no. That's right. Absolutely. And if it is, I'm not paying to see it. Yep. He is in love with the idea of theater, which apparently means the academic ideas relating to theater, and has completely abandoned any thoughts relating to performance. Which, if it's, you know, if it's being experimental, that's one thing. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. I mean, I don't think, when, if you're going to be that experimental, then everybody needs to be, you know, on the up and up at the start. Right. And probably don't, I don't know. I mean, you can be experimental, but probably Shakespeare in a Shakespearean festival. Yeah. When you're, when Not you're so the, much. Off-Broadway? Yay. Yeah. When you're, when right. you're, when the, when you're but, and, and when you're the last minute replacement director, too. True. You yeah. pretty much have to, you, you're pretty much expected to do what's expected. Right. 
I I don't know. I could see. I could watch about fifteen minutes of that and enjoy it. I think if it was the full play, that would obviously get very annoying mm. very quickly. Oh yeah, absolutely. But it would be cool to see you know them do like one of the most like the balcony scene or something. And I actually I actually feel like probably someone has done this. Oh probably. totally. I bet you black, we could find a, a small, YouTube copy in a small black box theater somewhere. Right, not on a not, not on, on a, a major big, stage, yeah. Major stage right, right, exactly, exactly. Of a major festival, agreed. So, Jerry and Jeffrey end up discussing that Henry is being asked back, and that Jerry will not be going on again if Henry says yes. Mm-hmm. And I mean, they, they uh, Jerry's Jerry's definitely humble, and uh, but but you know says it was the experience of a lifetime and. He's, mm-hmm. dis- he's obviously disappointed, but perhaps not as crushed as he would have been if uh, if what Ellen said would have right. happened. That's right. Jerry says, but I'm not your Macbeth. Jerry's very understanding that he's not matching the vision that uh, Jeffrey had. <laughs> that was a nice scene. Mm-hmm. Yes. Agreed. Sanjay and Richard meet in jail, and uh, mm-hmm. Richard berates him about how much he is a fraud. And Sanjay... Uh, you know, tells how he did it all and uh, ends up having to resign the account. It, it basically, uh, th- you could sum it up, uh, they caught him because they could. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, boy. You know, I guess we we really are thinking alike because that's mm. what I put in my notes. I put, oh, so Sanjay is basically Frank Agnagale Jr., Abigail, the character yes, who was played yes. by... Leonardo DiCaprio in Catch Me If You Can. Yes. <laughs> Any comment? That went way over my head for a minute, and then it took me a little while that you all were referencing Catch Me If You Can. Yes. I, I, I did catch it, but I am... Um... But totally unexpected. You, 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 you just thought he was a wacky, uh, a, a, mm-hmm. a wacky marketing guy that... Uh, yep. I knew something I was sure up. Did. I I felt something was up. I'm not I'm not just saying that now because it's the end of it. The, the, all along, I knew there was something about that company, something about Sanjay, but I didn't know what. I had no idea what it was. Yeah, you know, just right. an odd feeling. So you were, you were you were leaning toward incompetent and, uh, yeah. and pretend pre- pretend pretending to really know what he's doing, but still being no. It in seemed the like there was something underneath. I didn't know what it was. Okay, it felt very pyramid schemey. Yes. Yeah, that's what I was. Very Ponzi. Yes. There you go. Very much so. Yeah. Hey. Smoke and mirrors. A. Hey. <laughs> no, did not say Ponzi. That's Ponzi. Ponzi. <laughs> Sit on it. Thank you. Uh, there's a brief, brief moment where the Lionel train reading is commencing, but uh, there's not actually anything happening yet. They just announce that it's happening and move on to the next scene, where Jeffrey is asking Henry back. Jumping through every last verbal hoop that Henry puts in front of him. And Henry says that he'll come back. But then he says, this is how it's going to be and this is what I'm going to do. There's only one episode left, right? Yes. Because mm-hmm. they're setting up this big thing. It's, it must be just set up for the, the finale. Mm-hmm. Do, they, do you think that they know at this point that there's going to be a third season? I believe they knew, yes. I believe, okay. they, I believe this was not going to be a, a, a situation where they're like... But but um, yeah, yeah we'll, we'll leave it at that for now. Yeah, I believe, yeah. They, I believe they knew there was going to be another. Okay, I just wondered about that. I have a prediction based on this scene. I wrote down as soon as Henry said, "I will be playing this character my way." 
I immediately had a prediction. Henry will do exactly that, and no one will like it. He will not get nearly the reaction out of the audience that Jerry did. Jerry will have to come back and save the day in the last episode of the season. Question. Yeah? Will there be a third Macbeth? Hmm. That was my thought. No, I think they'll go back to Jerry. I don't think so. Well, who else could do it? Who else? Brian. What? Brian could do it. Oh, duh. But that's just my... I haven't seen... That's... I just... I... I've been thinking that he's this... I think he set this up because he knew that that relationship was going to fail again and that he was trying to make nice and trying to get his way in. I don't know. That's my thought. I, I mean, can be totally wrong. Genius. I mean, he does obviously stick around after Henry struts off yeah. and says, don't let him ruin it. This is this, You're doing the right thing. He's wrong. But, you know, right. and he doesn't really... Just, he says, "He says, don't don't let him ruin it." But he doesn't say, "Here's how you do it." Right? I can't, and I just I can't imagine him being that supportive without. And, and no, not not to uh, say that all actors are exactly the same, but unless there was something in it for him in his mind, mm-hmm. just a thought. Huh? Yeah. This whole time, I thought maybe Brian was just very humbled by being fired. No, I think he's humbled, and I think he's trying to get back in. But I think he's trying to do it, you know, the right way. So. Yeah. Hmm. No, I, I didn't even think about that. That's very interesting. Could be. Moran just, that could be crazy too. That's I'm doing crazy. that intro cast thing where I don't really say He's anything. He's just shrugging yeah. at me yeah. and ignoring me. Yes, it has to be that way. That means I'm right. <laughs> <laughs> at the Lionel train reading, <laughs> Anna finds that the uh, that her, uh, her old beau, Dusty, and the lights incident have made their way directly into the show. She has to leave afterward. Uh, Ellen and Anna talk around the issue and about Annette from Winkler. Hmm. Let me ask you, is Jerry... Jerry's in this scene, right? Doing that play? Yes. And he's in Macbeth doing Macbeth. Was he... We didn't actually see a performance of Romeo and Juliet, but during the practices, was he doing anything? Is he is he in all three plays in this movie? In this I think he, in the very first rehearsal for Romeo and Juliet, he was there, so he. Okay. I and, strongly suspect he has a part of some kind. Uh, well, and, the, and the reason that the Romeo and Juliet rehearsal was canceled was because of the crossover casting. Was directly what Anna said. Right. Ah. They canceled the rehearsal because Jerry was needed. Yeah, for, they do put-ins. Yeah. So that actor's getting a lot of screen time on this episode. Mm-hmm. Yes, he is. He deserves it. After that bike accident, sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, Ellen and Anna talk about it, and uh, don't really directly... Uh, I don't think Ellen ever directly realizes exactly what's happening, but uh, she obviously is a little bit oblivious about, well, you're a secretary, and... Ugh, I hate you, Ellen. <laughs> so much. Mm-hmm. And uh, immediately following that, Anna slaps Lionel in the face and confronts him about the whole thing. And uh, he's... Talks around the whole thing again and you know, says that, you know, no, 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 this is not the way you see it, but, but, but I love you. And if, if it bothers you that much, I'll, I'll put it away. And he really, really, really means no way. No, he doesn't. No. <laughs> he doesn't mean it at all. Uh, there's a revelation at the end that someone wants to do an off-Broadway production of it and he He's instantly it. leaves the room. So do you think this ties the bow up with this plot line and that'll, that's the last we'll see of this guy? Amy mm. and... Darcy? No, I think I think you know I think they're gonna tie it up. Um, Even more so. I think so. Yeah, I think that there's gonna be one more confrontation. Mm. 
Yeah, I don't I don't know what else there is to do with this, though. I guess we could resolve the question of whether or not they're going to do any more performances of this original play and whether or not that off-Broadway production is actually going to be produced. Right. Those could be resolved, possibly, but I don't know. But I felt like at the end of the scene, we knew where both of them stood. So that was kind of like, it felt very uh, final to me. Right. Mm-hmm. I'll give you that, but I I think there still could be one more confrontation. One more, well, yeah, and we've got one more episode left. We do, and they get, and they're good at cramming this crap in there. All <laughs> yeah, right. Jeffrey conspires with Maria to meet with the cast without Ellen or Henry knowing about it, uh, which apparently is against union rules. I did mm-hmm. not know that, but I learned something this episode. I suppose I don't know. I, either it's either it's against union rules or it's basically uh, just uh, enough of a faux pas that the union could be the one that that uh, Henry or Ellen would go to to express the grievance. Right. Because mm. I mean, obviously, they're, neither one of them is being fired, so that it's not a, a lawsuit situation. But they they still could go to the union rep for the grievance. Right. Okay, that makes sense. Well, they're not being a hundred percent transparent, and that's important. So. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's that's all we get for that scene. Uh, we don't we don't know yeah. what. Is yeah, going that was to weird. Mm-hmm. Or was it? Well, no, it was weird. <laughs> it was perhaps weird. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, finally, Richard goes to Mister Archer's house. I'm starting to wonder whether they actually ever call him Archer on screen. But it's it's anyways. Yeah, it took me a little while to figure out where he was. I right. thought he was. I thought that first lady that came out was maybe the minister of culture. Right. And and then it, it just seemed to go on for a little while before Mister Archer finally appears. Before the cardinal appears. Yeah. Richard tells the whole story to Mister Archer. Mister Archer says, "Oh well, you know, I've got all the richest people, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. I can." Save your butt. And he says, yeah, all right, let's do that. But uh, no, he's not really going to do that. And uh, he says, basically, basically the agreement they come to at the end was that uh, Richard's going to say it was all my fault. Archer is going to fund them enough to get, you know, to get through so they don't have to shut down in the middle of a season. And uh, that following that, uh, Richard's done. Dun, 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 publicly. Dun, 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 your head's coming off. I'm sorry. You guys think this is... uh the beginning of the end of Mark McKinney as attachment no, to the show? Do you think he'll be in don't. season three? I think it's the beginning of the beginning. Oh. Right. Well, we can... we him doing think, Pirates of Pan's I Ant. I well, think he's going down, and I think he's coming right back up. Let's point out to the Phoenix audience... burns out. Let's, let's, <laughs> point, let's point out to the audience that was the closing. If, you, if, if, you're, oh, yeah. if you're listening to us and not watching, again, what the heck are you doing? But um, that is the last closing scene, and uh, now you can get into predictions. Okay, yeah, I predict. You predict. I predict that uh, he's coming back. I really do. He's coming back. He's coming back in, a, in in the last episode, or he's coming back further. I think further. I think he's going to continue on, and I think that it, I think he's going to go down. I think it's going to be bad. I think it's going to be fiery, and then I think he's going to. Well, there's come back. there's one episode left of the season. What's what's happening in this last episode of the season, folks? Everybody. Uh, what's the, what's it called? The uh, title? Yeah, the yeah. title. The title uh, is uh, Burnham Wood, which yeah. is a uh, direct uh, reference to Macbeth. The the, the uh, denouement of that is mm-hmm. that the uh, the wood walks to the castle. <laughs> I like uh, Amy's prediction that um, 
Henry is going to do it his way and fall flat on his face and be uh, very humbled. I like the idea that Brian's going to come back and um, be uh, uh, shepherded back into the folder, so to speak, even if he's weaseling his way in. And I like the idea that Richard's going to fall and come back uh, as an actor. So basically, I like all the predictions that my co-hosts have made. Um I am wondering who would... Oh, obviously Anna would replace Richard. That's pretty obvious. And then she, she wouldn't be a secretary anymore, and she would kick ass in her new job. Yeah, I like that pre- prediction. I agree with most of that. I agree Henry is going to get that lousy reaction from the audience, but now I cannot wait to see whether it's Jerry or Brian who steps in and saves the production and gets the great reaction from the audience. That'll be cool and interesting to watch it would make sense if it's brian though because he gets fired the very first episode Mm -hmm. you know because it's that book thing and they pretty much you know i think they tied jerry up as far as the Macbeth portion is concerned i think they tied his portion up pretty well right i mean he only has he's he's an okay actor but his ability is not and he had the performance of his lifetime and it's good to go out on a high note it's better than his marriage you know it's all done wrapped up nice and neat in a little package so Mm -hmm. what's your prediction paul he's not allowed to (laughs) predict i think that there would be a lot of exciting things that happen (laughs) (laughs) uh that people will enjoy. There'll be there'll be things that make people laugh. <laughs> things that make them cry. Things that will be not not a dry eye in the house. Not a dry seat in the house. Dry seat in the house. <laughs> <laughs> oh. It's a squirmer, huh? Oh. Something like that. It's a long play. Any other predictions other than those? I think that's a pretty good. I mean, between the three of us, I think that's a great. Uh, I really do think that Anna is going to take Richard's job. I think that, I like is, that idea. is really going to happen. I, and I, I do. Yeah. Mainly because of the way they've been setting her up lately. You're right. Which is good because mm-hmm. I like her. She's, she may be my favorite character. Uh, and I would like to see her kick ass. Sure. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to think, who is your all's favorite character of this season? Hmm. Let me think. I think for a second. Yeah. I have to be honest. I, I'm really liking Brian. Just... I yeah. and I did not like him. I I was I was a Brian hater for the first, well even the first season just in general. I'm like oh it's well, that no guy. Brian wasn't in the no. whole first season. Well wasn't he in bit of it? He was in little bits and pieces, wasn't no. he? No, 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 no. He's cre- he, he's credited on IMDb as being in all of it, but I don't think yeah. he was ever in it. Okay, well I don't know. He, he just did not rub me the right way. I mean, he wasn't meant to, but... But all of his scenes in the bars have made me turn around on him as well. Yeah. So, and the, so I mean, they're, they've got to be setting us up to like him for some reason, don't you? Yeah. If, if, if it's just a facade or right, if, uh, right. if he is truly trying to be the prodigal son. Right. And I, I do like Anna, too, a lot. She's... She's awesome. Well, she, I like her a lot more this season than last season. Last season, she was just scatterbrained, kind of crazy middle-aged lady. And this time, her her character has a little bit more depth. Right. Amy, you got a favorite character? Um, I'm I'm debating between Brian and Jeffrey. I really love um, Jeffrey struggle to become an actor and the turnaround that Brian has had and his respected older actor status that we were commenting on early earlier in the season. I really enjoy those aspects. 
All right. Well, Paul. Uh, well, hey, Paul. What's your? Who's your favorite this season so far? I've, I've, I've. Uh, the the whole reason that I originally started watching the series, and uh, so therefore probably my favorite all along has been Paul Gross. Is that Jeffrey? That's it Jeffrey. Be Jeffrey. Okay. Uh, and so I mean, I, I, I think uh, probably because because of the reason that I was recommended it on Netflix originally, mm-hmm. that it was uh, that it was tied with Paul Gross. That uh, he's your fave. Pr- that's 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 my fave. That's probably, uh, like I said, it's probably because of external reasons to the series itself, but... uh, Right, right. That's how it is. Uh, So, feedback. Um, We do not currently have feedback. I know for a fact that we have listeners that are are behind us a little bit and working to catch up. So you just Uh, make a blast from the past with Heidi, then? Yes, we might have to make a blast from the past with Heidi. Heidi is, is, is deep, deep, deep within multiple episodes a week of Veronica Mars. Oh, yeah. Uh, working to get that whole series wrapped up so that her newbies can see the movie when it comes out. So she's, uh, she's intending to catch up with us, and also it, 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 the, um, Amazon put that roadblock in our way with it no longer being on Prime, yeah. free with Prime. Dorks. Yep, there's that. Vince, they know that we're, we're doing some kind of podcast. Although I don't see how it would ever hurt them. All we're doing is promoting their show. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Use their product. Use their product. No, don't, because they'll just rip it out from underneath you. So uh, I want everybody to take a peek at how many quotes they have, and whoever has the least quotes can go first. I have one. Okay, you go. I got two. (laughs) Amy, do you have one? I have two. Okay. My only quote is, uh, I hate who I am right now. And that was Ellen in the very, very beginning. Mm-hmm. And mainly because I wrote "Me Too" right after that. <laughs> you, you, well, you had the you had the the moment later on with uh, with with Darren and Sarah. If no one has that quote, I'll go ahead and just say it right now. I don't. Nope, I don't. She says, oh, I, yeah. hate, "I hate this," and Darren says, "Well, I hate you." <laughs> <laughs> I know, Kitty, get down. I don't remember that quote. No, that wasn't the quote. That's my bad cat. Uh. Uh, so Amy or Darcy, somebody want to, uh, pipe up and wrestle the other down? Sure. Uh, may I? No. I'll, I'll go ahead. My favorite from this episode is one of the ones that you avoided saying earlier, and thank you, because it was my quote, uh, it was in the only major scene where Oliver appears during the preview performance, he says, uh, during, during the banquet scene of Macbeth. This particular bit of staging is important to me. What kind of ghost does it make me if I can't stage the ghost properly? Yep. I like, yep, I like that moment. I like that uh, go ahead, Darcy. Okay, um, forget about the buttonhole, Marianne. There's no time. Just stitch him in and <laughs> tell him he can't pee till after curtain call. Oh, you know what? And then later on he says he's got to pee every five minutes. He does, he, does. he can't do anything about it. Yeah. yeah, well, that happens when you're nervous. Yes, it does. And then it, it, uh, it, there was uh, an instance in a um, play I did. I'm not I'm not sure if I was the designer or what, but I think I was the designer for that one. I don't know. Uh, there was a gal, and she was in, um, it was a bodysuit, but it didn't have, um, you know, some of them have a nice little snap on the bottom. Mm-hmm. This one didn't happen to have that, and... She uh, she cut it. She just cut the bottom of it hmm. so she could access access, and so it happens, you know. And you can't get mad at people if they have to go. They just they gotta go. You don't want to do that on stage. 
and you need a mop and a bucket to that scene. <laughs> Which would you prefer, an empty house with a great play or a full house with a piece of garbage? Garbage! Garbage! I want garbage! <laughs> <laughs> Good reading, Paul. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I have another one. I have another one. I'll need the serger. <laughs> you remember that one? Hey, Anna? Yes. <laughs> Yes, and I. What is a serger? I don't know what oh, that is. It's a it's a sewing machine. Um, is that where in, the word surgery comes from? No, 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 no. I'm not even sure what. Why? Well, I think it has to do with uh, like serge fabric because I think you used it with serge fabric early on when they first developed them. At any rate, um, it's a uh, machine that has generally one or two needles, and it has an overlooper and an underlooper, so it it finishes the edge as you go. So if you look in the side inside like your sweatshirt seam and you see how it's not just a flat seam with like one one row of stitching, it goes over the edge. That's a that's a surged seam. It has an over looper and an under looper. Yep, mm-hmm. over looper, under looper, one or two needles. In a- Gatekeeper and a keymaster. Exactly, because sure. the gatekeeper and the keymaster is the needle, and then the the bobbin shuttle. Ah, the bobbin shuttle. Mm-hmm. There you go. Huh? Yep. Or like if you have a if you have a a, a, a thermal a thermal sweatshirt that or a thermal shirt rather that has the mm-hmm. uh, the edge where you can see the stitching on the edge of the shirt itself. That's not a surgery. Now that's that's different. That's oh. a cover stitch. Okay, never mind. Yeah. All these specialized machines. Uh, cover stitch machine. I know. I don't have a cover stitch machine. It's a did, problem at times. Did, did you want that quote? What quote? No, you go for it. You killed off the festival. We're ruined. That's the language of defeat. Yes, the language of defeat because we're defeated, you fucking ruiner. <laughs> <laughs> I like ruiner. Mm-hmm. You give me all the marmot lines. <laughs> ruiner. You're a ruiner. Do you know anybody who's a ruiner, Paul? Uh, No. Okay. I don't think so. Yeah. I've had roommates that have been ruiners that, like, ruin everything. Like, you know, burn your pans or melt them, break your stuff when you're not looking, rip your bed skirt when they're just walking. Yeah, it's there's ruiners out there. Just saying. That's what a ruiner is to me. There you go. What's a ruiner to you, Paul? That's about it. Okay. (laughs) <laughs> I, I know I know that there, that, that uh, shortly after I moved in with our, our friend Travis, I uh, I uh, failed to boil water properly. <laughs> <laughs> you were uh, a ruiner. And I ru- I totally scorched out his, his copper pan, and I ended up driving to the outlet mall in um, no- the the northern one, the one that's on the way on thirty five as you go north. Know where that is? A, a long way away from uh-huh. Laconia. Yep. I drove like forty minutes to get a new a new pan because I didn't want to be the ruiner. Good for you. You fixed your wrong. I did. There we have it. Ding, ding, ding. (laughs) Um, Unless anybody has any other quotes, so we can go on to the ratings. And uh, I do have multiple rating methods. If I've got, I've got, I've got one. I've got one. I'm good. I've got one. I'm good. (laughs) All right, uh, Amy. Would you like to go first with your rating? Sure. I did not prepare for this at all, so I'm just going to pick the first visual image that came to my mind and this episode was a little difficult to watch so i'm gonna go with six out of ten cardinal costumes oh, crap. <laughs> nice. sorry hold on <laughs> oh sorry that's what i get for that's not all right preparing. it's all right i can figure something out here real quick oh nice <laughs> uh ben would you like to go next sure i agree i had a this was a weird episode like 
for the most part, I've been pretty more positive on this season than the last season. This episode, though, is there's just so much going on, and um, I don't know. The only thing that really kind of snared it was Jerry's Macbeth, but for the most part, there was just too much going on. It seemed very just a lot. Um, so I'm going to give it four out of ten mysteriously absent homosexuals. You know, I I actually um, the episode went really quick for me. A lot of times lately they haven't. It's kind of been dragged out for me. But this one went pretty quick for me. I I did I enjoyed it. I'm going to give it um, uh, seven out of ten aliases. <laughs> you know, Darcy, I think that you and I are often like uh, one side or the other. Yeah. Because a lot of these earlier episodes, I've been rated pretty high, and you've been pretty low. And I think that may have happened a little bit uh, uh, last season, too. It's true. It's true. Interesting. That's good. Yeah. I like no, no, different no. things. It's awesome. Mix it up. We're not all the same. Nope. Well, um, I, I differ from, from everybody else to a, to a great extent. I, I think Henry, uh, Henry Breedlove is at his pompous best throughout the whole thing, just strutting and, strutting and uh, you know, just being... A butthead. <laughs> and uh, Richard is fantastic in all his scenes. Who he's playing off of. Uh, Sanjay is 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 delightfully zany inside the prison. And uh, Archer is 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 particularly fun and and irascible. So uh, I'm actually giving it a nine out of ten. Youthquakes. <laughs> is that a youthquake in the background? No, that, I hear? that yeah. it's my little son. His he's actually trying to. Put his lung on the wall. Lung on the wall. <laughs> lung on the wall. Yes. Uh, Sanjay in the uh, in the scene yeah. where he's packing the banker's box says it's going to be a youthquake. You know. Yep. Good one. So, uh, would you like to know? Uh, we've already sort of done this, but uh, would you like to know the assignment for next week? What's the assignment for next week, Paul? Well, the assignment <laughs> for next week is uh, season two, episode six, the last episode of the season, and it is titled Burnham Wood. Burnham Wood. Burnham. Burn him. Burn him, that would. And so with that, I think uh, we will uh, go and patch up our children's lungs, and uh, we can work on signing off, as we've already done the predictions. Woohoo! Mm-hmm. So, um, Amy, where else can we find you online? On Twitter, at um, I am at Amy Bowen on Twitter, and that is just about it. All right, and Ben? Uh, you can find me pretty much anywhere online uh, with the alias at Living on the Air. Um, I am on Twitter, on Facebook, on Instagram. Um, my Clash of Clans gain account is also Living on the Air if you want to come fight my village. Um, <laughs> I also do a po- another podcast called Enumeration, which in 2014 has actually been releasing episodes, finally. Uh, one of Paul's was released fairly recently. Um, you can find out more information at enumerationpodcast.tumblr.com. That's it. And uh, Darcy, anything you want to share? You can you're find still, me under a rock. You're still hiding out from some folks. <laughs> I am. So at under a rock on twitter.com <laughs> is where me. you will find Darcy. That's where you will find me. All right. Well, with that, I will say well, to everyone, where, where else can we find you, Paul? Yeah. Not under at a rock. At really big things. At really big things on uh, Twitter and Username really big things with the the Facebook. You can look me up under my name. Obviously, the whole way the Facebook works. The Facebook. The Facebook. Um, you can find uh, 
the new podcast that I am following this up with that uh, not not anybody really wanted to come along with me. <laughs> oh, except for my loyal wife, Darcy. Sure. The Idgicast is uh, coming shortly, uh, either concurrent with the end of this one or uh, just after the end of this one. Boy, I sure hope everybody's as understanding on that one as they are on this one. Which is an Jeez intro cast Louise. for the television series Supernatural. I hear they have a lot of episodes. Yeah, that's like seven seasons long, right? Uh, is it still going on? Is it still it on is, air? It is still airing currently. Oh my oh god. god. It's I'm like 11 like seasons. 70 then. when I'm done. Like watching The Simpsons. <laughs> I'm going to be 70. Uh, you'll only feel like you're 70. Yeah, thanks. You'll actually be 62. Well, with that... Will you still be sending me a Valentine? The performance of that song was intended as a uh, parody. And as a... Uh, <laughs> You don't want to pay under uh, fair like use. Jackson Estate or yeah. and or the Paul McCartney Estate. Hey, hey, it was under 18 bars. We're good. Okay. Oh, with that, <laughs> I will say from Elk River, on behalf of my lovely wife, Darcy, good night. On behalf of me? Well, unless you want to say good to yourself. Okay, good night. On the behalf of uh, Paul's wife, Darcy, I would like to say good night from Chicago. <laughs> <laughs> and good night from Omaha. Is crazy, Lady Macbeth is sexy, Duncan is silly, Prince Malcolm's a dolly, Banquo's got an apple. The Ghostlight Podcast and many other fine podcasts can be found at quadruplez.com. You can send your own feedback to us in a number of ways. We are on Twitter at GhostlightPC. Find us at Facebook.com slash groups slash GhostlightPodcast. Please keep discussion there spoiler-free. If you want to comment on future episodes, the newbies don't check the phone or email. Call our voicemail line, 206-309-9389. Or email us theghostlightpodcast at gmail.com The theme music for season two is Macbeth on Broadway by Jonathan Mann and is used by permission. Find out about all of Jonathan's work at jonathanmann.com So Macduff's wife and child killed with great pain Macbeth is crazy Lady Macbeth is sexy Duncan is Okay, let's do this thing. Okay. You smell like rum, buddy. I better. I'm drinking rum. Arr! Yeah, it's a grog.